theyeshiva.net. Okay, so we're back to 109, right? Afnon Hay, the second column. We started base. You see, uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five lines from the beginning of Siv base, Perik base. Achlahavin, Lama Hoysa, Kazois, you read the Gedai Lulafan of This needs to be understood. Why was there such a Yeridah? Intentional. We usually speak about Yeridahs as unintentional circumstances beyond your control. A person has a Yeridah. A person has a Rifyon. A person falls. A person stumbles morally, emotionally, spiritually. In childhood, in adulthood, due to intense circumstances that often they had very little control over and experiences the pain, the anxiety, the trauma that comes from it. Here we're dealing with a different type of yirida. We're dealing with a yirida that is, on one hand, tremendous, but very intentional. This is inherent to the process of creation. Why such a transformative yirida which, as we explained, is not just a yirid in the terms of a descent, but in terms that the very definition of existence has to face the, the trauma of separation, of detachment, and in such a powerful and infinite way, in a powerful and infinite way, from one extreme to the other extreme, as he put it, from bitul v'hiskalulus mamish b'ein soiv baruchu, as he put in the beginning of Perig Beis, from one extreme, mamash, to the opposite extreme, until you hit the bottom line, the chumriyas, vagashmias of the world we observe. Now for this, of course, a person has to have that sensitivity to be able to appreciate this evolutionary process. Where did the world begin? How it got here? How it developed? It's not just kan nimtze, kan hoye, this is it. A person has to be able to have the glasses, the the vantage point, the hashkafas oilam, to be able to see beyond the oilam, to be able to see the pnimiyas, the core of it, and what it went through, what the world really is in its core, in its source, and how it evolved. Then one can ask this question, Why is this such a yirid? Hine the explanation of this is it's known this Yeridah of course this is paraphrasing the Gemara and Makis but in a very different uh, very different uh, connotation Yeridah means that the trauma of separation of the universe is a Tzorich it's a need for the Aliyah of the universe meaning Hainu Yisrin there's a Pasuk in Kaihelis that uh, the author obviously assumes one uh, knows. Shleimah Melech says, V'ra'isi sheyesh Yisroin l'chachma min ha-sichlus k'yisroin ha-ur min The wisest man says, I have seen that light has a Yisroin. Yisroin from the word Yoiser, Yeser, Yeser Se'es. It has an advantage over folly, <coughs> over foolishness. As light has a superiority over darkness. Al Pipshat, it's a difficult posik to understand. Does one really need the great wisdom of Shlema Melech to say that wisdom is superior to stupidity? Maybe. 
I think Einstein said two things are infinite, the universe and stupidity, and the latter is more infinite than the former. <laughs> but there's a supposed medrash, I don't know if they ever found the source, it says, He was smarter than every person. <laughs> to be smarter than a chacham, you just have to be a little chacham. To be smarter than a shaita, oh, you have to be a big chacham. For that you have to be, have chacham shleim. Okay. But uh, what is he saying? This Yisrael Chachum and Asichus like Oymen Achashim. The Balatanya Taiches, Yisrael Oymen Achashim. Gewaldik Taich. The Yisrael of Oymen that comes huh, from the Chashim. There's the Chachma that comes from the Sichlos. That's what he means. That's a Chiddush in life. I saw, not everybody sees. She has Yisrael Chachma Min Achashim. Everyone Taiches Min Achashim means. Chachm is greater than folly. Okay, shkoyach. Thank you. What's the chiddush? <laughs> Again, you could say it's a chiddush, but uh, fine. Fine, you have to understand. Ki yisrin oir min achayshach. He teaches no. Ki yisrin oir min achayshach. It's born from the darkness. The yiridet soyer chaliyah. The oir that comes from the chayshach. In this context, it would be the aliyah that comes from the trauma of separation. What is this aliyah? What is this aliyah? That the oil that we're talking about should be introduced, literally should be drawn forth. Yumshach from the word like lahamshich, you know, hamshacha. Like we have in the laws of mikveh, hamshacha. This, this, it's communicated, it flows, it's nimshach. Sheyumshach, the oil should come in, it should flow, in the space of physical darkness. Now he doesn't mean here physical darkness as in physical darkness versus spiritual darkness. He means in a place of choshech, which is a result of the gashmi, the physical matter which completely eclipses the ayin, completely eclipses, not only does the geshem eclipse the eitzoyf, the geshem even eclipses, right, the the... The, 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 the light of God that animates the world. In other words, there is the symptom, there is the transformation already that happens for the light of God to become a yesh rather than an ayin. To emerge as almadis galya rather than almadis kasya. Even the highest pchinis of ruchnis are already going through a transformation. But here in this world you have the second yesh that we spoke about. The biggest yesh, the yesh meyayin from ruchnis to gashmis. You have Baruch Sha'amar Vahayaim, then you have Baruch Aimavaisa. The material universe not only does it not bespeak the truth of Ain Saif, it doesn't even bespeak the truth that there's any meaning, there's any purpose, there's any spiritual depth, there's any anything beyond it, there's anything deeper than it. This is what he means, Khaishakha Gashmi, the Khaishakh that exists in the Gashmi. Shahuyesh Gamur. This is a complete yesh. And the word gomor is very bediok here. Because we learned already, hayesh Hashem im ayin, you could say havai is also a yesh. The light wave, when it goes out of the solar core, is a yesh. It's a light wave. But no one looks at a light wave, a light, ray of light, and says there's no sun. No one does that. We attribute it to the sun. I may not see the sun. I may not be affected directly by the sun, that's why I could survive. But the light wave bespeaks a source. It expresses a source. 
it's a yesh, but it expresses a source. In the core, it doesn't even, it's not a yesh at all, it's ayin. It exists, but it's ayin. It doesn't have a shade. Outside of the core, the solar core, the wave has properties. We even measure them. We even have a whole, a whole today, the studies of, of light waves, particles, waves, light, rays of light. I could study it. I could study it because it has a yeshus, but it's still a reflection of, of, of its luminary, of the Moir Hagadl, of the sun. Then there's yesh gomer. Yesh gomer means complete separation, complete detachment. And it's two different pains of detachment. There's the pain of detachment where you have to emerge as something separate, but still connected, and you always have that connection, and then there's the pain of detachment where you don't even know that you were ever attached. That's a whole different type of detachment. That's complete separation. That's this world. Because you have to carry the burden of existence. You have to carry the burden of existence. Right? So there's an element of separation an element of consciousness is an element of identity it's not like when you were in the source where it was ayin it's already a yesh but here it's a yesh gomer so therefore he says v'nifred ha'oyr v'haziv shalomayla the oyr and the ziv the ray the light wave is separated Essentially, the Ziv is what? The Ziv, which represents the whole universe. Because the whole universe is an embodiment of what? Of divine energy, of divine light. And that divine light, let's call it a light wave, a divine light wave in its core is Ayin Ve'efes. It's there, but it's Ayin Ve'efes. All the worlds are there. But the way the worlds are there doesn't have their own name, it doesn't have their own identity. Then the Oyer and the Ziv emerges. And then it assumes a status, a form, an incarnation of what we call a complete yesh. Completely detached, completely separated, completely eclipsing its source. So what is this? This is the choyshech. The yesh is that the oyer should come into the place of the yesh where the oil is completely separated, so now there should be the bitul hayesh lebchines ayin animshech b'seich. This yesh should be able to rediscover and should be able to transcend, to transcend its outer shell and discover its own ayin, discover the ayin that is in it. In other words, discover the oil and the ziv, the ray that really is the source of its existence. Only on un- right, you're saying it only undoes the second yeshes, not the first yeshes. Okay, good, good harder. We'll soon come to it. Alza Amru Razal, this is the meaning of the Chazal. It's all in one line in Medrash Tanchuma, Parshas Nosoi, Parsha Tezai in Medrash Tanchuma, as well as Medrash Rabba, Parshas Nosoi. Chazal used these words Nisava Kodesh Baruchu Lias Laidir Betachtoina. Hashem Nisave, he desired to have a dira, an abode, a home, betachtoinim in the lower element. What does tachtoinim mean? Literally, tachtoinim means in the in the basement, in the lowest space, in the lowest realm of reality. Pirush, what's pshat? Betachtoinim, what is it? Betachtoinim. Hagam shein lefon of his baruch milo mata. Lagabi Hashem, there's no milo mata. You say, well, this is the higher floor, this is the lower floor, this is alien, this is tachtin. What, 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 what makes this tachtin? What's pshat? 
He wants to have a dinner betachtoinim. Not only belyoinim, he wants to be betachtoinim. What makes a tacht and what's pshat? Elisha tachtoinim nikra mokem hayesh. Tachtoinim means the space of the yesh. The space where the separation is almost absolutely complete. Almost <coughs> unequivocal. In other words, it's a world, it's a reality that we call tachtoinim. Why? Because it's a space that is devoid of any ha'ara, any presence, any glimmer of the enlightenment that comes from understanding your real source, your true essence. So he wanted to have over there a dira, a home, v'hashra, to dwell there, like the Lashon Shechina, Shruya, Hashra, to have Hashra, the Da'inu, liyaz sham hamshachas ayin. The ayin that we speak about, what's the ayin? The yeshmei ayin, the oir and the ziv, should emerge over there. There should be yisrin ha'oir, min ha'choshech. From the choshech, the yesh should re, should experience a rebirth, should recreate itself. It should be able to realign itself with the ayin. Kadeshiyya hayesh batala ayin. So that the yesh becomes nullified to the ayin. What does it mean the yesh becomes nullified to the ayin? Instead of the yesh seeing itself as exclusive, the yesh sees it's really just an expression of the ayin. That's who I am. I am really part of the ayin. That's who I am. The yesh becomes batala, becomes part, becomes a chalek. It sees itself as an expression of the ayin. In each world, in each universe, in each plane of reality that we spoke about, the evolutionary, you have this concept. Because in each place there's a yeshus. And in each level there's the bitl hayesh la'ayin. This bitl should come into every space until... It comes into this world, Asiyagashimus means in the most lowliest physical world where things are defined by brute matter. That's Nisava Kadesh Baruch Hu Liyus Loidiri Betachtoinim, the Yisrin Ha'ar Min Hachashach. So, in other words, the objective of existence was there should be this Yerida, there should be this absolute metamorphosis, this extreme transformation. That is not an easy evolutionary process where you see where you're coming from. And it's just a gradual. There's at some point a leap, a quantum leap of complete yesh. A quantum leap. Already the quantum leap begins where? Begins in the highest, highest planes of reality is a quantum leap. You're going out from a space of complete ain't soif, where you don't have a shame, to a place where yesh Hashem bekir beinu, not ayin. And in some ways, that trauma is deeper than any other, even though it's still divine. Because there, you're going out from the space of complete oneness to a state of some form of identity. Then, you have the whole process afterwards. In this world, it reaches its ultimate realization where the umbilical, uh, the, <laughs> the cord is completely disconnected from our perception from our vantage point, I should emphasize. And this is what the human, the human psyche faces. This is what the human reality faces. So what is the definition of life? Is the definition of life that there's no trauma? Is the definition of life that there's no yirida? Is the definition of life that there's no major, major catastrophe that happened to the very divine energy? 
No. The definition of life is the ability to look at the Choshech and say, Ah, Yisrin Ha'oy Min HaChoshech. The ability to be able to look at this and say that the entire plan of existence was the oil that is born from the yesh. The, the, the enlightenment, the depth, the courage, the truth that emerges when the yesh becomes adira loyiz baruch When the yesh becomes aligned with its own ayin. Bitl hayesh la'ayin. And bitl hayesh la'ayin happens in Endless ways. In each madrega, there's another pshat. What's pshat bitla yeshlan? What does it mean in your life, bitla yeshlan? But the common denominator is always one thing the superficial husk surrenders its skin, its outer uh, masks, to the inner core. That's the common denominator. Bitla yeshlan means the outside does not trump the inside. No pun intended. Maybe. It actually worked in this case. Right? The outside does not win over the inside. That means in literally any Indian in life, that's what bitul hayesh line. In every situation, al-tabit el-mareyu, Hashem tells Shmuel Hanavi, right? Al-tabit el-mareyu. Ha-adam yirelei nayim. Hashem This doesn't only mean God knows what's happening inside, we don't know. It's the whole concept. Ha-adam yirelei nayim, Hashem yirelei to be able to see the pnimius in everything, the ayin in everything. The inside is always well. Here we what we we mean the, the inside. We mean the the ah no no we're not uh, the inside here. We mean the divine core, the divine light, the divine consciousness, the divine energy. Yeah. The word dira is extremely meticulous. Why? The Balatanya said this elsewhere. His grandson quotes him. That the, new, uh, the word dira is an interesting word. People find themselves in lots of places during the day. Most of the day, you're not home. At least hopefully. Um, you're in shul. You're in the office. You're in the car. Right? Wherever you are. You're at a meeting whatever you do. In all places you are, you wear a certain mask. Yeah? The doctor comes into the hospital, he's a doctor. I mean a mask physically, you may have a uniform, but even if you don't have a uniform, you know, this, this is who I am. And, and you have to stick to that if, if you're a professional, you have to stick to that. The farmer is in the field and he's a farmer, and the therapist is a therapist, and the dentist is a dentist. And each person, call whatever you are, whether you're an accountant or you're a lawyer or you're uh, whatever it is, a, mag- a real estate magnet. There's one place where the person is, or at least is, is, we hope is, without masks. You go to the office for a reason, to work, unless it's miserable in the house and then you go to the office just to be in the office. Escape. Escape. But hopefully in, 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 in a healthy, functional, happy situation... The house, you don't need a reason to go home. You're not, why are you going home? Because where should you go? This is where you are. And how do you dress in your house? Who are you in your house? Are you a doctor in your house? Are you a therapist in your house? Woe unto your children. If, you understand, you're busy psychoanalyzing or you're busy being a lawyer with your wife. Or you're busy being an accountant with your spouse or with your kids. Who are you? 
you're you. It's a place where you are supposed to be able to shed all the layers. All the layers. In other words, Dira presents the place where your core can emerge. Nesava Kodesh Baruch that ultimately the Dira could be betachtainem. That in the Mokim Hayesh, you can actually have the absolute core. Which is, in other words, not only getting dealing with the first Yesh, but even the second Yesh. Going back to the Atzmius, to the Dira itself. We're Davke betachtainem. Now immediately what we observe here is um, something that's often lost upon us in Yiddishkeit. And that is what is our relationship to struggle and what is our relationship generally to ego and what is our relationship generally to the darkness of the physical, sometimes immoral, promiscuous dimensions of life. What's our relationship, in one word, to Gashmias, to Chumrias, and everything that comes with it? It's, 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 it's power, it's, uh, it's seduction, everything. Right. So one view, and this is a view that's discussed in many Svarim, and it's a, the view has its place, of course, and it's its very authentic place, is this world is a cursed place. Or to quote Perkeyavis, to quote the Chazal, Hasken Atzmecha, it's basically a waiting station. You ever go for jury duty? You ever had luck? And you have to sit for eight hours in a waiting room without shears, waiting online? The cheesecake comes in Olam Haba. This world, just get it over with. And so many Svarim will focus on this, and so many Musr Shmuelsen will focus on this. This is basically a fahakta place. It's a place of garbage, it's a place of filth. It's just God said, you want to get the candies? You got to go through the process. You got to work out, you got to be on the treadmill, and when you finish, you can eat pizza. That's how you reward yourself and gain back the calories you just lost. Oilam Hazi, you got to behave, and then Oilam Haba, you could chill out forever. Okay. That's one way of looking at it, you know, in somewhat simplistic fashion. Here, however, he introduces a whole different reality. And that is, when you confront the Yesh, when you confront the Choshech, when you confront the Geshem, this is not a tragedy. This is not something that you have to, by definition, escape. What you need to discover is, on the contrary, the very quality of this world that makes it so in uh, hospitable to the divine is what makes it the objective of existence. So when you confront your own tachtoin, not only should you not get depressed, not only should you not get discouraged, not only should you not get demoralized, this is actually the yiridit tzarechaliyah, you want oir. The yisra no oir is the oir that's born min hachayshach. The oir that's born from the yesh. And the ramifications for this in the hashkafa of how we view the world, how we view our bodies, how we view life, and how we view challenge and struggle and temptation on all levels, psychological, emotional, social, spiritual, on all levels, is extremely uh, transformed by appreciating this awareness, by appreciating this concept. Now he says as follows, this whole story 
the, the core of this story, of this Hamshach, is man, manifested. It's actualized on Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. The first Rosh Hashanah was on a Friday. What's the Shir Shalyayim of Friday? Today? Hashem Malach Geyus Lavish. Pasuk in Tehillim. Chazal say, Adam Harishan crowned Hashem when he was created. Which we say Friday evening. Hashem Malach Geyus Lavish. It's the Shir Shalyayim of the first Rosh Hashanah. Which means, Hashem Malach God, King, he reigned. Geyus Lavish. He garbed himself in Geyus. Geyus is... Majesty, Malchus, Geos, exaltedness. Vahinyin, kihine pchines Malchus, yuzbarech, unikrerak pchines lavush. When you speak about Hashem's Malchus, lavish, he puts it on. Why does he put it on? In other words, God garbs himself in Midas Malchus. And everybody knows you are not your clothes. It's a mistake in life when you look at your clothes and all you could see is you. You are your clothes, your clothes are you. And if you're not wearing your clothes, you have no identity. That's a tragedy. Lavish is something you put on. It's important, but it's not you. This means that the Malchus is a lavush, geus lavish. Who lavush and eslabish bemidus geus. As we say in Adoin Oilam, Leos Melech Shmoi Nikra Aleyhem. That's what he's quoting here, Adoin Oilam. What does he say? Adoin Oilam Hashem Malach, the Terem Kol Yitzur Nivra. Laes Nasa Vechef Tsekoil. When everything was created, Azai Melech Shmoi Nikra. Then he assumes the name. He gets the name of a Melech. He's touching the name is like the Lavush. He assumes this name. It's like when you change your name, you know, they say Yisrael had seven names, right? Why? Because he had seven daughters. He had to make seven weddings. After each wedding, he went bankrupt. So he had to change names. So Yisrael had seven names. Okay. So a change of name is a change of identity. It's not a change of the core of identity, but it's a change of lavush. So Melech Shmoy Nikra, Bechef Tzaykoil, Azay Melech Shmoy Nikra, he assumes the name Melech. Come on, this is a medrash. Chazal tell us, Biyud Levush, Shimbara, Kodesh Baruch Hu, Asay Hashem created his world with ten Levush. And by the way, this is interesting because this is the source in Gemara Chagiga for the idea of Eses Spheris, which is really a Kabbalistic idea. You have it in the Zoya, you have it in Sefer Yitzira, which Rashi says in Sanhedrin comes from Avram Avinu's times, or Bakiva learned it. Rashi says in Sanhedrin, the Gemara says about Sefer Yitzira, Rashi says Avram Avinu wrote Sefer Yitzira, or at least taught Sefer Yitzira. There you have the concept of ten spheres. But the Gemara already says that Hashem created the world with ten levushim, ten cloaks, ten garments, ten things. What does the Gemara mean, levushim? The pshat is, a levush is tzimtzum. A levush means it contains you. It has to have a certain measurement. You have to check out the size of the short, the size of the pants, the size of the jacket, the size of the hat. It contains you, it limits you. Because the whole creation, which is based on gilu yesh meyayin, the yesh has to emerge from the ayin, the divine light has to emerge, could only happen through a levush. In other words, through midas haddin. The attribute of din, as he said earlier, we call this a levush. Chazal say that the turtle, the turtle, is levush is mineyobe. A turtle has a serious levush, right? But it's mineyobe. It's not like our levush. The levush is mineyobe. It's part of it. So when we speak about Hashem's levush, it doesn't mean he goes to Macy's and he buys levush. The levush are mineyobe. It's him. It's also him. 
but we still call it a levush because the outsider gets blocked vision because of the levush. The tzimtzum What's the last tzimtzum? Who pchines his galus pchines malchus yisbarach? It's when malchus comes out. What is malchus? Ain melech beloyam. There's no melech without a nation. In other words, a melech requires otherness. You can't be a melech if you have no people, if you have no nation. You cannot be called a melech. In other words, malchus requires otherness. As long as malchus is not begaloi, there's no izgalos malchusoi, it's just the way it's in him, the light wave in the solar core. Adoin oilam asher malach beterem kal yitzor nivra. But leis nasa v'chevtsei koil... Now you have Malchus as a levush, which eclipses the Ein Saif, which allows him to be a Melech because it allows for an Am. It allows for otherness. There's no Melech. You can't be a leader if you don't have people outside of you over who you lead. The definition of Malchus is always otherness. Why is this important? Because Malchus is a big side here. Malchus always means one thing. People want you. You're not a melech if people... You gotta do it! If he usurps the throne, what we call a... Uh, what they do in Turkey? A coup! A revolution! You have a tyrant, you have a dictator! He's not a melech. What do you mean? Half of the monarchs in history, half! How many monarchs in history were chosen? Democracy is a baby. They asked a Chinese politician, what's his opinion of the American and French Revolution? He said, it's too early to tell. 250 years, babies. The whole system is memshala. How the, how the road, people asked anybody what they want. So, zok de balatanya ki beloi rotsi nikrim memshala. U memshal techa bechal there's Malchuscha, Malchus Kaloi Lamin. There's Memshaltacha Vachal Dervader. There's a Melech and there's a Maishal. A Maishal is a ruler, a dictator. He forces you. You have no choice. A Melech is always voluntary. The moment he forces you, he could never be a Melech. You know why? Because the definition of Malchus, of true royalty, of true leadership is that there's a relationship. You chose the Melech. If you didn't choose the melech, then he's not a melech. He's a dictator. He has absolute control of you. Just like you can't be a melech over ants. You could go into an ant colony where you'll find, I don't know, maybe a hundred million ants. That's a pretty big malchus. It's larger, more powerful than Alexander the Great. More power, more subjects than Napoleon. More subjects than Napoleon. Right? A hundred million ants under your control. But MS. And with one, one pinky, you can destroy them all. With one hose, you can destroy them all. Somehow you don't feel like a melech from that. You're not a melech. You're not a melech. A dictator can dictate, be a dictator over millions of people. He's not a melech. He's a moishel. He's a ruler. He's a moishel. What's the definition of a melech? One definition, he says. They could tell you no. They could tell you we don't want you. I'm not interested in you. That's a melech. If they say, I am interested in you, I chose you, I chose you, that makes you a melech. Why? Because I chose you. In other words, we say every morning, toiv yotzar kavod l'shmoi. 
I don't know how many stop to meditate on those words. What does it mean? That's for another time. What does Pinoy Svavit? But Toiv Yatsar Kavad Lishmai. What does this mean? You're a linguist. What's Toiv Yatsar Kavad Lishmai? Created it for his, uh, for his, for his fame. How impressive is that? Toiv Ma'iris, yeah. So Toiv, the good one, right? Yatsar. Or it's good. Yatsar, he formed covet, covet, lishmoy, for his name, for his sake. Right? It's like somebody would say, you know, this guy is making the whole dinner, so he should be able to be honored. What's toiv yatsar covet lishmoy? Huh? Toiv yatsar covet lishmoy. So this is the pshat. The pshat is as follows. Pshat is what's pshat somebody gives you covered? What's pshat covered? When does respect mean something? When is respect meaningful? I'm not talking about vanity, flattery, chanif. I'm talking about genuine respect, reverence, or covered. When is it meaningful? It's only meaningful if it's given by somebody who could also be mezalzel in you, denigrate you. Somebody who can't be mezalzel in you, the cover doesn't mean anything. It's a main garnish, doesn't mean anything. Take a computer, yeah, and tell the computer every morning when you come into the room, the computer should speak and say, Your Majesty, I honor you. You're the smartest person. You're unbelievable. And you're handsome, wow. And the tie matches today. It's unbelievable what you look like. And you lost 60 pounds. Very, very impressive. Somehow it's not going to do the trick. Covet by definition is somebody who can also be mezanzling you. When he gives you covet, it means something. <clears throat> by definition, could somebody, can Hashem be a melech? Of course not. He's a marshal. Where can he be a melech? A melech means that I could not choose him. <laughs> And therefore, when I choose him, it's a relationship. Yeah, That's the concept of marriage. Can you force a marriage? The Gemara says, right? Kiddushin is always midaita. Why is it midaita? Why is it midaita? Even thousands of years ago, we learned already from Rivka. Ein misiyin esaisha ela midaita. Parshas chayisara. We have to ask Rivka, why? Why? Remember, feminism wasn't so stark uh, 3,700 years ago. By the Imayas, it was pretty stark then, too. But what's the word? What's the Yisoyed in Yiddishkeit? You know why? Because if not, it's not a marriage. It may be a tyranny. But it's not a marriage. A marriage is a relationship. A relationship means you connect to me. But if I forced it, you never connected to me. I forced you to connect to me. So I'm connecting to myself. So there's no am, there's no other. Malchus always means another. Toiv Yotzer Kovid Lishmoy means the Rebbeinu Shalolam became a melech. In other words, he created the ability that he should be able to be covered Lishmoy. Why? Because I could tell him, I don't want you. I don't even know if you exist. I don't need you. I don't care for you. I have to be able to choose it. 
That's why the Hizgalus Malchusoy is the greatest symptom, because that requires a yesh. There's no melech without yeshus. If there's no otherness, if there's no sense of self, of autonomy, of independence, of creativity, of voluntary choices rather than compulsion, God cannot be a king. He could not be a king. He could be a dictator. He could be a tyrant. He could be the absolute ruler of the world. He cannot become a melech. He cannot. This is going to give us a whole Havana when the Gemara says, a whole Rosh Hashanah, people don't stop doing it. The Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Tezayin, Imru lefanei malchiz b'Rosh Hashanah k'day she'tamlichuni aleichem. Really, God? Really? That's exactly what needs to happen in Rosh Hashanah? And let's say I sit home on the couch and I'm not going to be mamlich you. I'm going to be mamlich myself. What's going to happen? You're not going to be a melech. What's going to happen? You're going to be dethroned. What is this, a Trump and Hillary situation? They need, he needs me to elect him? Isn't that one of the most insulting and outrageous things that somebody can come up with? Even human tyrants were upset when somebody said, we, you, we have to elect you. You could be beheaded for that. And God Taka doesn't need it. He doesn't need it if he didn't make Midas HaMalchus. He wanted the Am. In other words, free choice in Judaism is not a tragedy that we never have to deal with. It's like he's 17 years old and he has his own mindset. How do we whip him back into shape? Shaita. The moment you remove from people the creativity, the freedom, God cannot be a king anymore. Hashem, you're taking away from Hashem the ability to be a melech. You want him to be a dictator. <laughs> That's not what he wanted. The yisr only comes from the yesh. If it's not coming from the yesh, fine. It was much better before creation. <laughs> Everybody was, was whipped into shape. There was no shape. He didn't need a whip. There was no shape. Even godliness didn't have a shape. So Malchus requires the final tzimtzum. The final tzimtzum, not Malchus. His galus Malchus. He keeps on saying, Malchus exists always. The light wave is always there. It's in the core. But it doesn't have an, it doesn't emerge. You want his galus Malchus. In other words, you should emerge as a Melech. If you want to emerge as a Melech, it means you need space. Space means there's otherness. Otherness means space where you're not there. If people feel they ain't soif and they're just part of you, you can't be a Melech. Ain't Melech. There's an outside. Toiv, that Yotzar Kavoit, I could be mezalzel in him. Why can I be mezalzel in him? Because I have my own space. That was a Toiv. Yotzar Kavoit Lishmoy, that's a Chiddush. And that's the Pshat we'll see. Shenshpet. The Gemara says, uh, the Medrash says, when Jews blow Shoifer, Kaddish Baruch Hu Oimeg Mikisei Din, the Yoshev Al Kisei Rachamim. What's that? Oimeg Mikisei Din, the Yoshev Al Kisei Rachamim. So, uh, a few weeks ago, that Chalashudas uh, in Baruch Shul, Reb Moshe Shapiro was there from Eretz Yisrael. So he said a vart. He said a vart later at the Malava Malka. Um, uh, I mentioned to him this Bible. So he said, yeah, that was the, that was the Nakuda. The Gemara says, uh, the Mishnah says in Perkeyavis that... Uh, in the end of Perik Hay, that ain't the fun of uh, ain't the fun of shaychad. You can't give 
Hashem bribes. You know why? Shahakal shaloi, because everything is His. I could bribe you with things that you don't have. I'm going to bribe you with money that you have. So you can't give Hashem shaykh. So the Mishnah says, Shahakal shaloi, everything is His. That means if everything was not His, you could bribe Him. It's just everything is His. So you can't bribe Him because whatever you gave Him, He had. We all know the big Yisait in Halacha. The moment a Dayan takes a bribe, he's disqualified from anything. There's a whole Sugi and Ksuvis that there were Amirayim who got little favors from people. Little favors from people. And they said, you're puzzle for a Dintayda, right? You're puzzle. Uh, somebody had to cross a bridge and he helped him cross a bridge. He said, why are you in the city? I came for dinner. I'm not doing it. A little favor. Cleans up, cleans up the lent off his jacket. This is Shaykhat. Chavetz Chaim once sent a uh, Talmud of his was going to become a Rav, so uh, Chavetz Chaim tells him, don't take Shaykhat. He says, Rebbe, you're, uh, you're suspecting that I'm going to take bribes? He says, I'll tell you the Shaykhat that every Rav gets from the city. The Kehillah waits for him at the end of Shemir Nasra. That's Shaykhat. The Kehillah waits for him at the end of Shemir Nasra. He says, that's, that's, that's Shaykhat. But it's a sensitivity. You are obliged. What they do, they didn't save your life. They didn't give you money. It's a certain feeling. They waited till the end of Yisrael. The Rakhachava used to finish Menasseh very fast. He davened fast. The Rakhachava gone, so he would finish before everybody. So the Gabe once told them, "Sapasnashim." Usually the rabbis, you know, they don't stop. And and you finish before everybody. But it's not covered. So the said, "What do you want me to do? Fake it? I don't lie. I finish Menasseh. I finish God." He says, "Rabbi, come on." You finish before Isa Shalom. Just think, think through Masechta Baba Kama, Masechta Baba Baba. Just think through Masechta. Rabbi says it's after that already. <laughs> I did that already. Okay. So, so Shaychad, so Shaychad is is is, is You're puzzle for a din. So Pshat is as follows. Everything is God's, but there's one thing Kevayachal that's not His, and that is. He cannot be a melech. He can't be a melech. Not because he's not perfect. Because he is perfect. Because <laughs> a melech means there's somebody outside of you. But if you're infinite, there's nobody outside of you. So Ein Saif can't be a melech. He's everything. But because he's everything, he's perfect. And if you're perfect, you can't have a relationship with anybody because there's no anybody. There's nothing. If you're infinitely perfect, there's nothing outside of you. So it's one thing that's not his. Kevayachal. Who could make him a melech? Only somebody who's outside, who experienced himself outside. So when the Mishnah says you can't give shaykh to Hashem, because everything is his, but there's one thing that's not his. Malchus. So when Jews blow shoifer and they're mamlech Hashem, he says, you just made me possible to be your dayan. I can't be your dying anymore. You turned me, you made me vulnerable. You made me subjectively dependent on you. That's the shaykhad. So the moment you do that, he's oimed mekisei din, oimed al rachamim. He says, this relationship got to change. I'm not anymore the ruler who can rule you objectively from this aloof vantage point. I'm too vulnerable. I'm dependent on you. My whole desire came true through this moment, this relationship. I'm married to you, basically. 
So you're going to sit in a din on your spouse? That's the biggest shaykhat. That's the biggest shaykhat if you have a good marriage. It's the biggest shaykhat. You're going to go against your spouse. Now, today, maybe it's uh, people are still married. They consider themselves subjective, but that's a rachmanis. So in Mela, that's the word. So in Mela, there's no kisei. There's no kisei din. There's a kisei rachmanis. So there's Malchuscha Malchus Kalay Lamim Umem Shaltacha Bechaldurvadur. What's the difference between Malucha and Memshala? The definition is an k- important definition. Malucha is always Biratza, volitionally. Memshala is Balkarchach, dictatorship. So that's why we say. Uh, we say in Mayriv, right? Every single night. It's not just an incidental expression. That is the definition of Malchus. You have to accept the Melech on you. If you don't choose the Melech, he's not a Melech. He may be a Moishel. He may have the power to coerce you, to compel you. As often in history, many a monarch, the subjects really didn't want the monarch, but they had no choice. But he's never a melech, he's a moishel. We say at the end of, uh, before Yishtabach, at the end of Pesukah de Zimra, Ki Hashem hamlucha u'moishel bagayim. V'olu moishiyim ba'artziyin lishpat saresav, and then v'hoysel Hashem hamlucha. Sometimes I could be a moishel. I'm not asking you what to do. But a melech is always virat. This means that the only one Kevayachal who could make Hashem a Melech is we. A Moishel is not dependent on the subject. A Moishel on the subjects. A Moishel, you're a ruler. But in order to become a Melech, you need the Ratzin of the people who choose the Melech. They elect the Melech. They want the Melech. They choose a relationship with the Melech. So there's Malchuscha, Malchus Kaloilamim, and then there's Mamshaltacha, Bechalder, Vader. Irrelevant of the desire of the people. So therefore, he says, Velachain Shir Shalyoim Vav is Hashem Melech. That's why it's only on the sixth day that we sing the Pas and the Shir Shalyoim, we say from Tehillim, Hashem Molach Geus Lavish. Today becomes a Melech. Why? It was only on the day that Adam was created that he can accept Hashem's Malchus willingly. The six days of creation. Hashem was still the master of the universe, but he was the Moishal of the world. Because all creatures in existence, everything that was created day one, two, three, four, five, they're not creatures that have the capacity for choice. Because they don't have the capacity for choice. So yes, by definition, they are under God's rule. So it's Moshel Bagoya. It's the concept of Memshola. The concept of Hashem Melech. For this, you needed Adam. Adam and Chava on the sixth day of creation. They could be the Gilei HaMalchus. Hashem can experience Kevayochel, the extemida of Malchus. Now the concept of Kabbalah's Malchusayi willingly, this is the concept of, of Bittul Hayesh La'ayim. It's like we say in the morning, 
the legions of heaven bow to you, they prostrate to you. The Gemara explains above Basra that the movements of the planets, what we see, the orbits, the appearance of the orbits of all the planets is essentially a form of hishtachavah, prostration, Hishtachavah also always represents a concept of surrender or submission. This brings us back to the original question. Why is Rosh Hashanah on the sixth day, not on the first day, if it's the anniversary of creation? Why is it that Rosh Hashanah is celebrated on the day Adam and Chava were created, not on the anniversary of creation, which is on the 25th of Elul? The answer is... Because then began the process of Gilui Malchusi Yisbaruch, that Hashem's Midas HaMalchus can emerge, meaning that the Yesh existence, which by definition is a Yesh, is separate, is self-contained, is egotistical, is divorced, could become bottle, can, can surrender, can become aligned, with the ayin, what is the ayin? The ayin here referring to is what's the ayin? The ayin, we're calling it nothingness, but this nothingness is really the ultimate somethingness. It's the divine core of creation. But the first five days of creation, they were all part of the evolution from ayin to yesh. When starts the reversal process? The transformation process from yesh to ayin that can only happen on Friday. On the first five days, it's the it's the whole evolution of the trauma of separateness. You're going from ayin to yesh, from the oir, which was originally ayin, subsumed in God's essence. It emerged as divine energy, more restricted, more limited, and then it starts evolving and creating planes of consciousness on various levels until Olam Azah Gashmi with the Yeshus becomes completely radical and absolute to the point that one feels Aniva Afsiyoid, there's me and there's nothing but me. That's the first five days of creation. It's that process from Ayin to Yesh. let there be light, day one. Ihi let there be a firmament, day two. Day three, he's just enumerating here. For, you know, he's obviously going through the process. Then he says, "Chulu." says, "Day three, let the earth, the soil, produce vegetation." Shahu b'midas hadin and this is all back to the Chazal. everything is through the process of din of tzimtzum of restriction. Bereishis bara eloikim. On Friday, something new happens. On Rosh Hashanah, something new happens. What? Bittal is introduced into the Yesh. The Yesh now starts the reversal process. Going back up and going back to its source. This is the partnership of Midas Harachamim. So, Betchila... So who's exercising me this Arachim? The Rabbi Shalom is exercising me this Arachim on day six? Adam is exercising it. Shittif boy, he partnered with Adam to introduce Midas Arachimim into the creation. So the Shutzvah is not between Din and Arachimim, it's between Rabbi Shalom and Adam according to 
to bring True. back, True. to reverse the process. This is where Hashem, Yudke Vavke, and Elikim will become synthesized. <laughs> so now the Shoshana begins the, the, the objective of existence, the purpose of existence, the Gili HaMalchus of existence, and this is Biratzin. There should be a yesh, and the yesh should not be forced to become bottled to the ayin. That can happen. But rather that the yesh is a yesh, and therefore does it willingly. Because when the yesh is forced to become bottled to the ayin, obviously it's not a yesh. It never assumed independence. There's no otherness. Malchus means there's a relationship with something that's differentiated from me. It's distinct. And that's where the connection happens with something that is outside of me, that's not me. <coughs> the fact that I force people to be under my control is a form of control, but it's not called leadership. It's called control, not leadership. And we all know that there are two types of leaders, and it's two models that still exist in the Jewish community. These two models are always clashing with each other. Right? The various emails that uh, I got yesterday, and I saw the two models of, of two different models. And they're both, listen, each one has... Uh, Huh? We want to hear more. <laughs> you want this to really get juicy, don't you? <laughs> Your job is to keep it real, to keep it uh, to keep it authentic. No, it's it's just it's it's two models. And and remember, Memshal is always easier, especially short term, because there's no uh, what's the word? There's no uh, when somebody runs away from the front. Uh, there's no deserter there's no deserter the moment the melech says it's about you, it's not about me oh, different people have a lot of different opinions so short term memshal is far more powerful you take away the yeshus of somebody and you don't, you say you're, you're not, there's no autonomy so everything looks much better because there's full control but the whole objective of existence was that God wanted separation and separation always comes with a price because you have to basically find yourself. But only in that process can he become a melech. Only in that process can he become a melech where you overcome that sense of separateness and you choose a relationship. Now the very yesh became part of the ayin. The very yesh reversed to the ayin. So really... You can see that tyrants even put... They have elections to make it look like it's... Of course. Because why? Of course. Because that gives they always stage elections. Yeah. Uh, the reason that tyrants... A very good point. He says tyrants always stage elections. Not always, but often. Why? Because they know the value of people thinking that they're free. <laughs> it's a different commitment. It's a different passion. It's a different relationship. To know that the guys are Russia, Marusha, and Achzer, it's not going to work. So the real Moshe wants to be a Melech. He dreams of being a Melech, but he can't. So how does a Moshe become a Melech if he can't? He forces you to choose for him. <laughs> so in his own delusions, he's a Melech. Of course, it only makes him a more miserable person because he knows deep down that he's not a Melech. But that itself will try to force. Huh? That's the point, and he knows it. And he knows it, and therefore he could never feel like a melech. He could never feel like a melech. 
He has to make appearances that he's a melech. Huh? Yeah. Also that choice that choice. Huh? No, from the human perspective, there is a real choice. It's not true. From the human perspective, there's a real choice. You're right that the ain't safe is present, but we don't. He made it. The symptom is real. The symptom is not a fake thing. The symptom is authentic. Does the symptom block him from his perspective? No, but it blocks him from our perspective. The virtual reality is reality. Midas Hadin is reality. That's why Midas Hadin is not just. We asked the question in the beginning what he didn't realize that it's going to be a disaster. No, but Chilalab Machshava Livrem and Sadin means that was the Machshava. What does that mean? It means that's the the Kavana. That the Oilam should not be Miskayim. In other words, that the Yesh should go back to complete Achtos. It's a whole different word in the Maimach the concealment shouldn't endure, it should go back to the original situation. Now here we have a very interesting synchronization between the world of Halach and the world of Nister. In the morning, every morning we say, which is one of the most important decisions, maybe the most important of Torah Shabalpah. How did Chazal deal with text? You have a situation where the... what what the world would call the Bible, the Torah Shebek cannot incorporate in a limited text every possible scenario that comes up throughout 5,000 years of history. It's impossible. So you have basically the outline, you have the formula, you have the basic laws, and then you need the methodology to be able to interpret the text for new circumstances that come up. Our generation has to deal with electricity. What does Halach, what does God believe about electricity on Shabbos or Yom Tif? You're not going to find this in Chumash or Tanakh or even in Gemara. So you have to use methodology, formula. Okay. That's, that's, how do we take the texts and apply it to new situations, deduce new laws that don't say explicitly, and also deduce laws for new circumstances, both situations. So you have the Shlosh Midas. So people read this, and they read this very fast, and it's like, okay, you know, bring it on. Maybe you have another few formulas. But really there is a very uh, intricate and uh, precise <coughs> method here. What a... Basically, the way the Torah speaks about halacha, sometimes you'll have a klal and you'll have a prat. Sometimes you'll have a prat and you'll have a klal. Sometimes you'll have a klal and a prat and a klal. You'll have, the Torah will say about a mitzvah, right? He, has to, he wants to cleanse him, he has to shave off all of his hair, and then he'll be specific which parts of the body, and then he'll say again, klal. So then there's, what's the havana? Klal, prat, prat, klal. The Zoyar says, Magad has a famous Torah on this, that the Yudgimel Middas correspond to the Yudgimel Middas Arachimah. Noem Alimelech says, Rabbi Shmuel Oimer, Bishloish Esri Midis Hatoyden Adreshes, he teaches, only a person who has the 13 Midis Harachemim, he could darshan Torah. Bishloish Esri Midis Hatoyden Adreshes, the only person who's capable of darshaning, of explaining Torah, somebody who operates with Yudgim Midis Harachemim. The Noem Alimelech, Rabbi Alimelech of Lezhensk. Somebody who doesn't operate with the Shloish, that says, that's why the Lashon is Bishloish Esri Midis Hatoyden Adreshes, which is in a passive form. 
Right? You don't say this. 13 midas to darshan Torah. Ha Torah nidreshes. Sedarshan zich. You know what I mean? Sedarshan zich. Person who has you to give him the sarachimim. He already sees in Torah. The Torah darshan zich. This means that every one of the Yedimah Midas really has a sp- very deep spiritual component. Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachel, V'chan, Erech, Apayim, V'rav, Chesed, V'emes, each one corresponds to another one. Kal V'chaymer is Kel. Hashem, Hashem, Kel, Rachel, V'chanun. Gzeir, Shov is Rachel. Binyan, Av is Chanun. Now you're going to ask me, what's the Shaykhaz, Kal V'chaymer, El, Rachel? Okay, that's a sugya b'fnei atzmai. What, what, what's the connection between the two? What I want to bring out here is, here we have the Yisoyed of Klal, Prat and Klal. Creation, every existence or pre-existence begins with Klal. The process of existence is Prat. The purpose of existence is Klal. So you have Klal, Prat, or Klal. In the beginning, it's Klal. Klal is always one Klal that includes everything. In the Lushan that he said here, in the Shemesh, in the solar core, you have all of the light waves, but they don't have differentiation. They don't have their own name. They don't have their own individual distinct identity. The process of creation on any level, on the highest to the lowest, is what? From klal to prat. The challenge is when the klal comes into the prat, you lose the klal. You don't feel anymore even you're part of the klal. You have one mother, all of us, all Ashkenazic Jews, the DNA are traced back up is one woman, right? One woman. But I'm going to come to somebody, right? I'm going to walk into somebody who lives in St. Louis, and I'm going to say, you know, that we're we're really one. So therefore, you know, could I need a halva for $100,000. Maybe I could live in your house for two years or three years. It's not mamish going to work. Why? Because there's been some journey from the cloud to the prat. And we even know, sadly, sometimes one family where the cloud is far more blatant than obvious. You have a mother who was the Klal, she produced all of these brothers, but 30, 40, 50 years later, nobody's on speaking terms with each other. Why? Because the Prat completely became fragmented from the Klal. Even though, who are you really? You come from this Klal. This is your genes. This is Mamash, your genes. This is your chemistry. This is your body. This is, this is where you come from. But this is the sad reality of life, that the Prat gets forgotten from the Klal. And essentially, this is the process of creation. The process of creation is the process of separation, of detachment, of differentiation. From the cloud of complete oneness, ain't soif, everything is one, subsumed in the infin- infinite reality of Hashem, which is infinity, basically, reality, into the prat. And the prat, ultimately, is expressed in every creature in its own way. But let's say in the human creature, it's expressed in your own struggle with your existence. What does it mean for you, existence? What does life mean for you? That's your prat. And Rosh Hashanah started the reversal of that. Klal, prat, klal. But the klal that comes after the prat is far more significant than the klal that precedes the prat. Because the klal that precedes the prat precedes it and transcends it because there's no pratim. There's no yesh. There's just ayin. Hayesh Hashem Bekirbeinu Im Oyin, it's just Ayin. But the Prat cloud that follows the Prat works through the Pratim. It comes through the Pratim. It works through the Pratim. And that's why in Halacha also, Klal, Klal, Prat, Klal, Ein Bechlal, Ela Ma'ashe Bifrat. 
And then you have called over Shaya Baklaviatsam and Aklala Lamit. Okay, those are those are that's a whole other mahalach. But here you have the Nakuda of and there's Isis here, you have the Ayin, you have the Yesh, and then you have the Bitl Hayesh La Ayin. The Bitl Hayesh line can only happen if there's a real Yesh. For there to be a real Yesh, there has to be real separation. For there to be real separation, there has to be a real Tzimtzum. And only then can there be real independence, autonomy, which is the only reality that can allow for Malchus. Without Malchus, from Emshali, you don't need a real Yesh. For Malchus, you need separateness. You need the other. And whenever you have the other, it means you have to be able to acknowledge your own limitations. You have to be able to say there's something called the other. And say in a marriage, it's one of the difficult things for many people. The real acknowledgement of letting go, letting somebody else be themselves, and not feeling that that threatens and undermines your existence, it's a very vulnerable reality. And for God, it was even more vulnerable, because he's really a <coughs> So for him to be able to feign or create a space where the other can exist... And you have to help them exist independently. Because remember, he gives chiyos to that which denies him. In other words, the independence is so valuable that I'm ready to completely suspend myself in order for you to be able to become you. Because I believe that the ultimate relationship is the relationship that comes from you. That's the yisrin or min That or could have never come if there was not chayshach. Is there a risk involved? The greatest risk is involved here. It's the risk of complete separation. The risk of complete differentiation. The risk that if I don't control you, you may go the other way. That's the risk. That is the risk. That's why, right, we don't want the bird to fly away. We don't want the bird to grow wings. When the bird doesn't grow wings, it's Abachaya. It stays in the nest, and mommy feeds it, and everything is wonderful. But the process of creation is the ability of letting go and allowing the other to emerge in their full splendor, trusting that since deep down the yesh is really nothing else but the ayin. The yesh is really an extension of the ayin. So therefore deep down the yesh will discover its own calling and return to the cloud. But when it returns to the cloud, it's going to come volitionally. Berotz and not 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 Baltarch. It sounds like he's saying something very very different than we've understood. Midas and Dimi Dera. Midas and Dimi we understood for early days. Simpson, Mugain, all that was Midas and Dimi. But he's really said, but we've always thought of Midas Arachim. I think as a new factor that gets introduced. He's saying Midas Arachim. I think is basically unraveling backwards of Midas Adin. Right. To take away the Mugain, go back. Right. It's just retracing our steps. Right. It's, it's just a reversal of Midas. Adin. Right. Right. Yichud Hashem alakim ah. Yes, that's the whole vart. If not, I can't be I can't be mamlech Hashem as a melech. I could make him a moishel. If there is no I, I can't make Hashem a melech. So therefore, God needs the I. So I think this is a little bit of a different perspective about the tolerance of personality and individuality in the world of religion. For some, the celebration of individuality is at best a compromise that we need for the new American spoiled brats who grew up in vicious democracies and therefore 
don't know what obedience means, so therefore we compromise a little bit. And we let them feel for a few minutes they're individuals because we don't want to lose them. It's just sometimes a way to get them. But what we really understand is that the emergence of I is essential to the cosmic plan of Hashem. Because when he says on Rosh Hashanah, He's basically begging. <laughs> He's like pleading, I need you to make me a king. Really? <laughs> that's pretty... That's a pretty big. Uh, that's a pretty big compliment when you think about the fact that uh, you can make God get upset. It's like a pretty uh, really, really. I could make you get upset. It's really a very powerful compliment when you make your wife upset. Does it ever happen here? Once. Right. What happened once? So take it really as a compliment. It's really a profound compliment. It means that you're very meaningful. People that don't mean anything to you don't get you upset. They say they don't say. The fact that you get me upset means you mean something to me. You touch me. You affect me. Imagine you propose to your wife and you say, uh, I would love to marry you. I just want to say a few things. Nothing you say will ever have an impact on me. Which means basically you can say whatever you want forever. (coughs) And I hope that whatever I say has absolutely no impact on you. In other words, I really don't need you. Because I am perfect, self-contained, impeccable, flawless, wholesome. Right? So the relationship is not mamish going to work. Because the definition of a relationship is that I'm missing something. I do need you. And therefore when that need is not met, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. So when, I, when, when you say Hashem can get upset by human behavior, that's the greatest confidence booster. In the, in the concept of mankind, to really even believe that you're capable of upsetting God. Never mind bringing joy to God. I'm not talking about the positive. Even the negative is really positive. You read the Teuchecha, right? It's very scary. But it's really a celebration. <laughs> it's really a, ce- a celebration of, of human existence. Because imagine... Somebody will tell me that the behavior of an ant outside of my house, right? Somebody will tell you that the behavior of an ant outside their house transforms them completely. If the ant goes right, they'll have serenity. And if the ant makes a left turn, they're going to destroy the whole world. The whole world is going to destroy. You see, I'm a sugar Now, the relationship between man and ant is far closer than the erech, the value between man and God. So to say that a human being eats meat and then he doesn't wait and he eats milk and that's what makes God very, very happy or the other way around, that's quite a compliment about human existence. And what does this mean? This means that that basically there was a, an, an, the word, an infatuation or a love that I, I want a relationship with you and for there to be a relationship with you, the relationship must be on your terms, meaning it coming from you. So yes, if there is no emergence of an eye, if there is no emergence of the individual, of the prat, Hashem could be a moishel, but he could never be a melech. So he says, Shetam lichuni aleichem, for me to be a melech, I need you to make me a melech. Why? Isn't that a joke? It's a heresy almost. 
because I can, can't be a melech if it's not coming from your condition, from your your individuality, to be able to find the ayin in your yesh. That's the process that Adam begins. Bitala yesh That's the glory of existence, that the drama of existence, despite its short-term and, of course, long-term risks. Now he says, V'hainu derech Now generally... <coughs> This process of bitul hayesh la'ayin is the objective of Torah and mitzvahs, generally. He says, derech klal, because every mitzvah has its own method. But in a general way, this is Torah and mitzvahs. And he connects it to the Pasuk, v'zeo Hashem malach geus lavish, lavish Hashem oiz, ein oiz ele Torah, k'mar shakaz Hashem oiz la'am ayitin. So that's Alpi Medrash, that there's a connection we say a bracha before every mitzvah. Mitzvahs are rooted. Harare Kodesh means in the holy mountains above. And yet, most mitzvahs deal with very brute physical discussions. You learn Hilchis Trumas. You're dealing with grains. You learn Hilchas Maestras, you're dealing with produce. You learn Hilchas Taka, you're learning you're dealing with money. Any mitzvah, most mitzvahs, you're dealing with Gashmis. What is it? Lias Hayesh Batalayan. The concept of the mitzvah is that you take something Hayesh, whether it's money, whether it's grain, whether it's produce. This is all part of Chameshis, Yemei Hamaisa, things that were created during the five days where the Ayin emerged into Hayesh. And the mitzvah yet is dissecting the Yesh. And allowing the Chaymer to surrender to the Tzura. The outer superficial veneer of separateness to submit, to align itself with the inner core of harmony, of oneness. The same is true the way a mitzvah is performed. The main idea of the mitzvah is battle ritzoyincha. Whether it's going away from Ra or doing toiv lakufis libi hagashmi. Again, there's an element of bitul hayeshla and vechena mitzvahs atzmam. That's mitzvah the maisa. Then there's also mitzvah the chefts of the mitzvah. First he speaks the gavra, now he speaks the chefts. Binyanim gashmen kumay tzitzis shal tzema, whether it's tzitzis of wallet, fillin of parchment. Vinimshech ben kedushal yayna. And yet in these mitzvahs, whether it's tzitzis or tfilin or estrog, there's a kedusha that comes in. Kedeshiyu in yonam agashmim ahem oilum in echolam b'kedusha gamkin adiyah mitzvahi. So the mitzvah essentially takes the physical matter and sublimates all the physical matter. First, the physical heart that has to surrender in the mitzvah and the physical brute matter in which the mitzvah is being done. That's why before every mitzvah there's a l'shem yichud. L'shem yichud kutshabrichu ushchinteh. What's the connection? He says, think about these words. Yichud kutshabrichu ushchinteh. Kutshabrichu nikre mashuhu kadosh umuvdul megeder alman. Kutshabrichu means hakadosh baruchu. Kadosh means aloof, holy, sacred, sublime. Rashi says, kadoshim to you, prushim to you. Holiness always represents unique, designated, aloof. What does it mean, HaKadosh Baruch What does it mean He's holy? What makes holy? What does holy mean? We use the word holy frequently. What does the word holy mean? What makes something holy? This cup is not holy. This table is not holy. This mic is not holy. This tissue is not holy. You have to say, is holy. What's Pshad? It's holy. Ultimate holiness means there's something in it that places it in a different category. In a higher category. HaKadosh Baruch Hu means he's moved al-migeder almin. Beyond the realm of 
existence of universes, no thought can grasp it. Therefore, comprehension must cease to exist when you come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What's Shechinte? The opposite. Shechinte comes from the word Shechina. Shechina means, like it says, I will dwell. When you dwell somewhere, you're present. You're not aloof. A person who dwells somewhere means you're present. Shechina represents the imminence of God, not the transcendence of God. The presence of his malchus. And we said, what is malchus? Malchus requires otherness. In other words, I need a world. So he manifests himself and limits, restricts his energy within the world to give them existence and to create the Mayai and Liyash. So to put it in the context of the terminology of this Maimer, HaKadosh Baruch Hu represents the Ayin. Shechina represents the emergence of the Yesh. The Yesh can only happen because there's a Shechina, there's not only HaKadosh Baruch Hu. In the world of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Ziv HaShemesh, the ray of the sun, is in the sun. It's completely subsumed and nullified. So what do we say now before we do a mitzvah? You're now going to have the unity of the prat and the klal. Shechina is the prat, the divine energy that becomes differentiated from its source. And it's giving life to a citron, it's giving life to a willow, it's giving life to a myrtle branch, to a myrtle bush, to a palm tree. We went through the arbaminim. It's giving life to the sheep from which you got your tzitzis. That's shechinteh. It's basically the divine that is expressed in the molecular makeup of every single nivra. In the atom of every single nivra. That's shchinte, v'shachanti. Kuchabrichu is the absolute transcendent infinity, the Ein Soif, which of course had to go through Amidas Hadin in order for autonomy to emerge. In the mitzvah, you say l'shem yichot kuchabrichu shchinte. You have the klal, you have the prat, and now you have finally the klal. The unity between the Prat and the Klal, between the Kuchabrichu and the Shechinte. The Ein Saif and the individual differentiation of existence. That's why most mitzvahs focus precisely on the physical, which is one of the ployim in Yiddishkeit, because in most, say, Far Eastern, for example, spiritual disciplines, the whole objective is to leave the physical, to shun the physical, to go into the spiritual. And yet Yiddishkeit, you can't be Mekayim most of the mitzvahs if you don't deal with the Gashmis of the world. Because this is, again, back to the objective of existence, which is not obliteration of the yesh, but rather the bitul hayesh la'ayin. The yesh itself is aligned with the ayin. So he says, The mitzvah is done in physical asiyah, which is a yesh. And yet in that yesh, the esrik, the wool, the tzitzis, liyos hayesh batalayin, vayreim klulim umesyachadim biyichud gomor vamiti. This is a complete and absolute marriage, an absolute oneness. Hainu, but only through one thing, ayidei ha'adam. You must have the human being. He is the missing link, because without Adam, the esterig remains a product of creation. The process upwards cannot happen. The person also can achieve this when he also experiences transcendence. When he can also transcend his own nature, his own habits, Hergel's habits, like addictions. He has the courage. 
that even though his heart is saying, do this, he could say, I won't do it. Or his heart says, don't do this, and he says, I will do it. He surprises his system. He surprises his own yesh. He doesn't take his yesh as a god. When you could transcend your own nature, what happens is the whole world can transcend itself. So you create that unity between Hashem and Elohim because you created that unity within yourself. But for this, a person has to be able to say, even though my heart wants to, I won't. And even though my heart doesn't want to, I will. That's the ability for a person to be able not to get stuck in their modality of yesh, but to be able to create that transcendence within their own nature. Vizel mitzvah striches kavona. This is the deeper Peshad the Gemara brings in brachas and machloikas of mitzvah striches kavona and striches kavona. La halacha we say by most mitzvahs min ha-tayret striches kavona. So Peshat literally is striches kavona, you have to have intent that you want to do the mitzvah. But the deeper Peshat is shah mitzvahs atzman hemchin is guf. He teaches mitzvahs says kavona a whole different word. Not mitzvahs need kavona. The mitzvahs themselves need kavona. Mitzvahs are a body. Hakavana is pchinus neshama. The intent is the soul. Hamitzvus atzman him kiyam mitzvus hamelch. The mitzvus themselves, or the mitzvus of the king, veim pchinus kelim veivar in the malka. So they're like the vessels, the limbs of the king. That's the action of the mitzvah. But vaakavana who masheroitzel lahamshech yichud alyun a bit layesh b'mitzvuzu. The kavana of the mitzvah allows you to introduce into the mitzvah the unity of the worlds. The bitul hayesh lius yichud Hashem velakim havayev velakim vupchinus neshama amachayes sevam. This is like the soul that gives life to the limbs. Shaikiru achayes. We all know the main thing is not the guf, but the life. You can have a corpse achbanu l'tzlan. You need the life. Va'oyrein seiv baruchu animshachayde amitzvah lius hayesh batal ayin. So what you want in the mitzvah is the light that comes in the mitzvah that the yesh should have a bitul ayin. Therefore, But if you're not going to have limbs, you're not going to have a soul. You say, oh, the main thing is I should have a life, so who needs a body? The body, of course you need a soul. Without that, it's a corpse. But the body is the facilitator. The li- a healthy limb, a healthy organ, a healthy body is the facilitator of the chiyos of the neshama, the chiyos of the soul. So he says, ultimately, in mitzvahs, the mitzvahs tzrichos kavana. The mitzvah needs the kavana. The mitzvah needs the kavana. What says the mitzvah needs the kavana? The mitzvah is the physical act. The person is putting on tefillin. But when they don't have the kavana, what's the kavana sa mitzvah? The kavana sa mitzvah is the l'shem yichud kuchabrichu shchinte. To basically allow the yesh to discover its own ayin, its own depth. To allow the yesh of the world to discover the ayin. When that kavana is lacking, so then you have a body, you have a shell, which is really the kiyam of the mitzvah, so it's like you have the limb of the king, like Kavayochel, it says in Zoya that the mitzvahs are the limbs of God, Eivar and the Malka, so you have the limbs, but it could be like a, like a lifeless, it could be lifeless. So you go through the motions, you do everything, you do everything right, you have the whole body, but it's like a corpse, it's like a lifeless corpse. So mitzvahs, shichas kavana, the mitzvahs need the kavana, the neshama, which is the consciousness of the Yichud HaElyon of the Bittul HaYesh Layan. So he says, Valzen Nemar, Vahaftas Hashem Alekech. This is the structure of the Shema. You should love God. Kimitchilah Nemar. Here you'll see what we spoke about the Kalim the Prat. Kimitchilah Nemar Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Derech Klal. 
In the morning, the first thing a Jew, you have to become aware of the original source, the cloud. Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, that oneness, that's the cloud. Achar kach derech prat, liyas Hashem Alekecha, lechol yochid v'yochid lenoichach. Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad, that's the cloud. V'haftas Hashem Alekecha, suddenly you went to the individual. He says, kol yochid v'yochid, Alekecha is loshen yochid. Love God, your God. What does it mean, your God? Your God means, first of all, we're talking about every individual. Your. Second of all, noichach. Noichach means second person. I don't say love his God, I say love your God. Every person experiences a lekecha in a different way, based on how much your heart can estimate in a revealed conscious way. This Pasuk says in Eishas Chayil, in Mishle, we say it Friday night, Noida basha'arim baila. Her husband is known in the gates. Literally, it means her husband is a well-known personality in the portals of cities. The gates is where the judges did, but they didn't would sit. Loit Yosha b'shars doim. The Zayar says noida b'sharim baila. Noida comes from the word dvekus va'adam yada eschava. Sha'arim comes from the word shiurim measurements. Baila is her husband is God. Noida b'sharim baila. God is experienced with different shi'urim, basha'orim. That's what he means here. L'fum, there's no one shi'ur. The Chazaynish has his shi'ur. Chaim Noah has his shi'ur. Noida basha'orim baila. Baila is experienced always by different shi'urim. L'fum Your God cannot be my God. Why can't it be my God? Because you're not me. If my God is your God... It means one of us is not being true to ourselves. It means I'm not working with who I am. By definition, Elekecha is Elekecha. It's Lashen Yachid. So you come from the Klal, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elekeinu Hashem Echad. Echad is everything. It's not you or me. It's one. But then you got to go to Elekecha. Because if not, it can't be Malchus. Malchusai Beratzai. Ratzai means you have to embrace the Prat. You have to embrace differentiation. There is a trauma in separation. That's the process of ayin tiyesh. But that is only to allow you to connect from a place of wholesomeness rather than from a place of coercion. So that's v'hafza Hashem al-lekecha. V'tiyah ha'ava v'ratzin b'pchines hoya, hoya v'v'yiyah, b'pchines bitl ayesh, hu yiyah b'pchines al-lekecha. Here you have the ultimate sentence. V'hafza es Hashem al-lekecha. What's Hashem? So is back to the cloud. So he says the love and the desire should be in a state of is the cloud. Past, present, and future are one. That havaya should become a lekecha. That bitulayesh where become one. That should be your God. In other words, again, the synthesis of the Klal and the Prat. Then you continue with your whole heart. Back to Only because you have a Yetzirah who prevents you, will you have deep love. Why? He says, go to a waterfall. And place a dam, a menia, ma'akev, place a dam to block the water. What's going to happen? Watch. 
the water starts gaining momentum and such strength to the point that it will burst, burst the dam and the flow will be intensified in a far profounder way. So a person has a natural flow. There's a natural divine energy that flows in everything. But Hashem made, there should be Bishnei Yitzarech. There should be a Yitzahara that creates a dam, creates a different perception of self. Why? Because only that allows the intensity of the water to become far stronger, far more powerful. It's the very dam, it's the very obstructions, it's the very concealments that challenge the human being to bring forth from themselves a far deeper energy, a far deeper clarity, a far deeper sense of love. So whenever there's a dam, you just have to see it as an invitation for a deeper, uh, intense love. That's Pshat What's this love for? That Havaya, which is again Klal, should become a Lekecha. So you have here the whole process. And this is from a general point of view. And he says generally, because it's a very general general sweeping statement. The objective of all Torah and of all mitzvahs throughout the whole life of a person is to introduce in the Torah and mitzvahs he does. The objective of all Torah and mitzvahs is to create the bitl of the yesh, the yesh of the person, the yesh of the world, to the ayin, starting with the person to be able to transcend what seems like his fixed nature, the will of his Nefesh Bahamas, which is his outer will, his will as a differentiated creature who's trying to survive, but is really one with God, to be able to um, look at that trauma of separation and to be mevatle, to be able to align it with the, with the source, with the ayin. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.